You're listening to OWC Radio number 50. CBS, the new Mac App Store and more. Hello, you're listening to OWC Radio. I'm your host, OWC Michael. Uh, let's go around the table as usual and introduce our participants today. It's OWC Chris. OWC Mike H. And this is our 50th episode, uh, CES, the new Mac store, and more. Uh, starting off, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, CES. Uh, Other World Computing has uh, expanded greatly our SSD line uh, to include five new models for pretty much every Mac in the last 20 years and a lot of PCs as 20 well. 20 years? I thought maybe just 10. Yeah, 10, yeah, 20. The last 10. decade would be the most accurate. But yeah, any Mac and PC in the last decade. Uh, we came out with the uh, OWC Mercury Extreme Pro Legacy Edition. That goes into uh, HEA Towers. So it's like your uh, mirror drive door, your PowerBook. Uh, oh, sorry, not PowerBook. Power Mac G4s and all that. I and mean, even your blue and white G3. And you got the OWC Mercury Legacy Pro. That's a 2.5 PATA drive for PATA notebooks, actually IDE ATA notebooks. So that power book thing that you just yeah, that's your the power, power, power book. books and iBooks and you can go nuts with it. I think there was even an old uh, uh, Sonnet card that took a two and a half inch PATA drive. Well, I'm just saying. Well, it's for Macs and PCs. Now, the difference between the two legacies, though, pe- people might be asking, well, aren't those the same drives? It's, well, actually, no, they're not. The ones for the ATA towers, um, what we're doing is we're putting on a, a back uh, adapter plate so to our uh, current SATA line. So that means when you upgrade your tower in the future or to a new SATA computer, whatever you want, you can put that drive in it. So your, your SSD investment gets to go with you as you upgrade, which is real advantageous. It also saves you a few bucks going that route, too. And actually, um, for our regular listeners, the tech question we had last time from at Whedon New uh, about putting an SSD in his mirror drive door G4, it's basically very similar to what uh, the solution that uh, Michael described for him. Uh, right. So this this is, is an all-in-one kit. You don't have to assemble stuff, finding other bits and pieces elsewhere. Um, and you can still, and like you said, uh, once you, if when you upgrade to a, a newer machine that uses SATA, you can just pop the new drive right in. And if you're um, operating one of the older, older towers, uh, the power towers, um, they will be limited to the normal 128 gig, I believe it is. Oh, yeah, yeah one, everything up until ATA uh, 6. Yeah, so it'll be able to read up to 128 gig of the drive. That's not a drive limitation, that's just a computer limitation. So whenever you upgrade, you'll get everything else then the other upgrades we have which are big is uh these are exciting these are uh what people are excited about is uh the big guy is the OWC mercury mercury aura pro express for 2010 macbook air so yeah we can upgrade your uh your flash doors to more capacity and faster speed actually on uh, both counts for that so if, if you bought one and you want more room or find you need more room you have an option now Versus before, Apple kind of said, uh-uh, if you didn't buy it when you ordered it, too bad. Then we have a uh, the next one in the MacBook Air line is the OWC Mercury Aura Pro MBA. That's for 2008 and 2009 models for the MacBook Air. Now, those came in more of a, a drive situation where they had a 1.8-inch uh, drive put in them. Yeah, it was just a standard 1.8-inch uh, SATA uh, hard drive, a little tiny one, similar to the ones that you'd actually find in an iPod. Mm-hmm. And so those did come with SSDs, too, on their upper-end models. So you could either replace your SSD out and get 
way you know way faster uh, capacity and more storage, or you can replace out your hard drive and go with SSD performance. Uh, but those uh, those other SSDs weren't were the other type that didn't have that Sandforce processor. Oh no, These yeah, they're slower. Now. So they're well, not reliable. only going to be slower; they're going to slow down over time. Whereas right. with the Sandforce's uh, was it the provisioning mm-hmm. just allows it to go uh, straight, you know, the same speed all the way across, and some pretty damn fast speeds actually. Yeah, we have so, a killer video that shows the speed advantage you can get your uh, 2009 MacBook Air uh, upgraded with one of our uh, OWC Mercury Aura Pro MBA SSDs will uh, actually go as fast or faster than a new i7 uh, 15-inch MacBook Pro. Yeah, uh, actually, we've had a couple questions on that video, and that is an actual single shot. I was the actually, if you look at it, those are my hands. I I pushed that button, and we just watched the thing go through. So it there is no edits, no trick photography, no special movie magic. It's a straight on shot. And then also um, along the same lines of the OWC Mercury Aura Pro for the MBA, which is huge. Um, we also are selling an alternative of that model without the MBA ribbon cable that makes it work in the MacBook Air 2008-2009 as the OWC Mercury Aura Pro 1.8 inch. And that's for any device that needs a 1.8 inch SATA drive in it. Like your notebooks, your sub notebooks. Yeah, you uh, go back in time before netbooks. it was even netbooks. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and you said there were some more questions that we've had online? Or? Yeah, the first of these questions was, what OS version do these drives need? Uh, Actually, the best answer to that question is whatever works in your computer. As far as your computer's hardware is concerned, these drives are the same as any other ATA drive out there, be it a, a spinning hard drive, another SSD, a uh, an optical drive, really. It's all the same to the ATA bus as long as uh, it can read and write data. The second uh, question was, my particular machine, the ATA bus is already saturated by a, a data throughput from a 7200 RPM drive. So what's the point of installing an, an SSD, which is, you know, not going to go any faster? That's really a great point, but there's other factors, too. In older laptops, uh, an SSD offers advantages that standard hard drives still can't compete with. First is reliability. SSDs have no moving parts, so there's nothing to wear out. And unlike other SSDs, uh, ours don't deteriorate over time. So, you know, right there, it's an advantage for us. The big one, though, and I'd say that goes for any SSD, is energy consumption. An SSD consumes between half and one-tenth of a standard hard drive. So you're going to get a whole lot better battery life out of it as a, as a consequence. Exactly. If you've used some of the older uh, PowerBooks, that is a huge benefit. Uh, I know my old Wall Street, which, man, I ran for a good almost 10 years. Uh, after a while, you know, the battery just started going out on me. Um, this would... Putting this in there would extend the usable battery life because it was always hitting the hard drive. Well, and all of these uh, SSDs and more can be uh, seen for the first time at uh, CES, the Computer Electronics Show this year. Uh, In fact, if you're wondering where OWC Grant is, uh, he's actually on location. So you can go and say hi and see all the SSDs at booth 3935 in the North Hall. Yeah, what's going on big at CES, people are really uh, digging the SSDs and also the iDevice uh, cases and all that for iPad and iPhone and all that gorgeous stuff. So go take a look if you're at CES. But if you're going to Macworld instead. We're going to be there too. 
Well, yeah. not us here, but Grant, OWC will be. O- OWC Grant will actually be there. And at uh, Macworld in San Francisco, you can find us at uh, Booth 513. Um, and actually, if you're planning on going, make sure to swing by the OWC site at um, www.maxsales.com slash Macworld. You can get uh, 15% off all the conference packages. So if you like going to the conferences and stuff like that, that's a significant savings. And also, if you're just going to walk around the show floor, you get 10 bucks off, which is actually still pretty good. <laughs> All righty, and now that we've uh, gotten out the obligatory uh, marketing speak for all of the other world computing products and things that Woo-hoo. we sell, let, let's get on to our, our normal podcast with all of the uh, all of the news that's been going on. And probably the biggest news that we've had this week is the grand opening of the Mac App Store uh, yesterday. And uh, already, uh, as of this morning, Apple's released that they've had one million downloads already. Yeah, I would never have thought it been that fast. But. Yeah, especially because I don't. Uh, we all looked at it yesterday for the blog, and boy, at least as far as I'm concerned, there really wasn't all that heck of a lot really worth downloading. Well, I like I like the price. I like Aperture, so that thing's priced at like what got seventy percent off or something. It's eighty bucks instead of two hundred dollars. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm still working or waiting for uh, iWork 11. That should be uh, on there next week from, from what I've heard. I think heard. it's on there now because I've got the latest iWork on there. Well, iWork 09. The iWork 09 is on the on the Mac App Store, but not. No, uh, I've got uh, iWork 09 installed on my machine, and it said that it wasn't installed. Right. Yet there it, there yet are it, some people that have that bug. Yet it did pick up uh, all my iLife stuff being mm-hmm. up to date. Well, and actually, part of that bug is uh, if if you've updated to the latest version, it's it's looking for versions. Oh, okay. On there, so it, it doesn't matter that you have the actual machine. It's lo- or the actual program. It's looking for the latest version. Oh, I keep up to, to date on my machine. Be installed. Well, anyway, no, I mean, it also brings a la carte pricing, which is huge because now you can I can just buy yeah. iPhoto instead of the whole darn iLife suite. So I don't need to upgrade what uh, all the other ones that much. Yeah, and that's all great for the okay the you know the i suites for lack of a better term. But I'm talking about independent or not independent softwares, but non Apple software. Well, it was just launched, so yeah, I mean we're going to be seeing more and more and more app, more and more and more programs come into it. I'm hoping so because right now all I'm seeing is a lot. I'm, and my apologies to developers, but what I'm seeing up there is a lot of crap. Um, it's, it's like really bad copies of software I already use and that costs less, you know, either free or less in terms, you know, or at least a lower shareware price. Um, well, it is its first day out. Yes, it is its first day out. And hopefully they'll get some of these bigger names in. The bigger thing to keep in mind is that it has more apps than a Windows 7 phone. Yeah, but the point, <laughs> but the problem is the main concern though that I'm have that I have about this though is it's going to turn out like the App Store for the iPhone in that you're going to have five billion whatever your uh, programming one hundred and one class is like we have five billion flashlight apps low hanging fruit hey I can make the flashlight work wow I'll make an app for that right <laughs> and now we have what two thousand of them on the app. App Store? Well, less than Android. Doesn't Android have like, uh, well, we have more flashlight apps than yeah. anybody. But, um, 
but the point is, is is that going to cross over into the Mac App Store in that, oh, look, we have 5 million Stickies apps. Well, I sure hope they do that for Photoshop. I want to see some competition there. Adobe needs to have a competitor. And already there's people that are like, oh, I don't need Photoshop. I can use this, what, a Pixelmator or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, for the most part, for what people need it for, yeah, cool. That or Aperture, because Adobe does realize, like, Aperture is a competitor to Photoshop for what most people need for photo editing. You know, not for, like, what I would need as a web designer to be able to cut and do all intricate things and do stuff like that. But mm-hmm. You also have things like, you know, GIMP or things like that, which are just kind of, more they're okay. Based. Yeah, they're more Linux-based, but there's actually a Mac port of it, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, nonetheless, that's that's a different story for a different day. Um, is it going to uh, wipe out independent instru- distribution, though, is my other question. I mean, let's face it. Might. And it, I think that might be a dangerous and slippy, slippery slope. Are we going to close off Mac OS like we did for, uh, well, if you or think like about we did it, for iOS? It's I already think. closed off. Because if you, if you want to go to a place that has good Mac, Software, you got to go to the Apple Store. You don't necessarily have to go to the Apple Store. I'm still talking about freeware, shareware, um, independent uh, developers. Uh, you well, don't that'll need... always be there. The problem is, is if they if you have to go through the App Store, you that... don't have to. You can that's, go to a website. That's my point. Is right now you don't have to, but is this leading towards uh, closing off of that sort of thing like they did with the with iOS? I don't think so, but I mean, um, it's all about trust too. Because there's an issue with shareware and trust, because especially on the Windows side, if you go to shareware sites, they now all have different types of things in them that can cause issues. Well, that's Windows. It's not so much the Mac site. Actually, Mac shareware has always been a little bit uh, higher quality than a lot right. of Windows commercial wear. Right. And but you do have to worry about trust, and once you get people trusting you, they prefer. there's a preferred method of purchasing mm-hmm. people want to do. Oh, uh, and that's understandable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially if they're coming from the Windows side. I guess as an old-time Mac user, mm-hmm. oh, great. No, I'm trannelling Grant for this one. Back in my day. No. Um, it just <laughs> as, a, it, as a long-time Mac user, I've relied on shareware and freeware oh, yeah. to get the job done. My favorite word processor is not, uh, is not, not, not Microsoft Word. Oh, God. Why would it be? Uh, I don't know. I don't think that's a favorite word street. processor. It's the word processor they have to use. Yeah. I've found another one that I that I love to use. That that the, that paper that's sitting right in front of you right now was laid out in. Mm-hmm. And yeah, word processors don't need to be bulky. They haven't. They don't. Mm-hmm. It's just stupid that they are. Yeah, I found a great one a, a few years ago that I love to use. Um, I've tried others. Um, you know, some free, some shareware. They're all. And, they're really good, and I'm afraid that things like that are just going to go the way of the dodo. Yeah, they don't need to. you got different ways you can buy it. It's now, not necessarily, or it's not, it's not now that I'm worried about. It's what's coming in the future, and maybe I'm a little paranoid in that aspect. Maybe. The other thing is, is uh, that I've, or that has been noticed is that most of the content on the App Store right now is mostly games. Yeah. I'm not happy about that. But. I'm not either. Let's. I don't know about you guys, but I actually work on my Mac. Yeah. A lot of people like the game, so, but I definitely would like a customized uh, homepage option if they could have it or build it. What are you interested in? And or when I show up, they just have stuff I'm interested in. Actually, you know what I would have liked to have seen? Something really simple. Tabs. Imagine that. I don't want to have to go, oh, well, I'm looking in the business section. 
oh, well, this might be interesting. Click. Oh, no, it's not. Okay. Scroll back. Back a page. Now i got to go find where I was again, which was halfway down the list, and then continue down the list. Yeah, they'll work oh, on that, navigation. Yeah, they, that, the navigation. And the other thing that uh, the iTunes store does that I was, was surprised didn't show up in the App Store is something really simple is something showing your balance right at the top of the screen. Yeah, it shows it in after you log in small in the, in the right-hand column. Uh, your account, and then yeah, you I log, have, like, something in there. It's I, log, I logged in, and I have, like, 35 cents in that account. So normally it shows up, I mean... Somewhere Thus really the freeware and shareware. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I'm cheap. And if and if something free does the job well, why I'll, pay for it? Well, I will donate to their PayPal accounts and things like that. Rather than, um, yep. The only other benefit that I could possibly see in the App Store is the um, ability to do software updates. You know, on all those programs that you've now bought from there, which is really cool. I love that feature in uh, on my iP- on my iPod, and I would love to see that feature gone to all my software in Mac OS. Obviously, mm-hmm. though, you have to buy it from the App Store to, in order to get that. Now we do have things like uh, the Sparkle framework, which is a free thing for developers to add into their programs, uh, which automatically handles updates online and such like that but it's not that central repository which is where uh the app store will have an advantage well, yeah because you can use it on all machines you can log on to with your account right so you're instantly getting like family packs of every piece of software you have right and no serial numbers no serial numbers now, see i have no problem with serial numbers i do well i use a lot of freeware so but you, but you, with even with shareware, uh, serial numbers really aren't that terrible. It's when you start getting into things like Final Cuts uh, Pro or mm-hmm. uh, Photoshop or uh, anything Adobe with the, you know the four mile long serial numbers. Yeah, then that becomes more problematic. But usually, an eight to twelve character serial number, I have no problem with that. Yeah, and then you also uh, it kind of staves off pri- uh, piracy a little bit. There's been reports that uh, some of the apps have already been a little bit of, a little bit pirated. If people didn't follow the guide works or guidebook for uh, Apple, I think we'd all agree the, the real thing we got to do is give it more time. I'm going to say about six months. Then we can actually get a better idea of what's actually going to be what's actually going to come of the App Store. Yeah, is everybody going to jump on board, or is it kind of going to be the same amount of apps? What's going on? Because you eventually hit a certain saturation point where, yeah, I don't need another sticky app. Exactly. Now, it's not going to be an OWC podcast without an iPad story. So uh looks like uh, iPad magazines are, uh, are, aren't as uh, great as we thought they would be. I never thought they would be. Well, Want to know why? Because they're, they're these uh, publishers don't know what the hell they're doing. They're making their magazine into a bunch of images f- flung together, and they're overcomplicating it and making each magazine about a 500 meg download. If they were just to save out their uh, their text and uh, optimize their imagery so people can actually read them very lightly, I mean, their magazine could probably fit in a 20 to 50 meg file. And this is crazy to download that much, especially with a okay. How much? How many magazines could you store in a 16 meg file? In a 16 gig iPad. It shouldn't be an issue. It's a magazine. It's light. If I can if I can download a whole book 
in about less than one mag, a magazine should be downloadable a little bit heavier than that. Well, that's an interesting uh, point. And I was thinking about this actually last night. Um, uh, I was looking at the list of some of the magazines that are really showing a drop in readership. Things, or as far as iPad magazines go, it's things like Glamour, Vanity Fair, GQ. I mean, these are all magazines that rely heavily on pictures mm-hmm. and pictorials. So it's not like uh, we've got a lot of text-heavy uh, right, but you articles. Can still, they're not even optimizing their imagery, though. At 500 mag for the whole magazine, there's no way they're optimizing their imagery. Well, picture's worth a thousand words. I know. <laughs> you, you optimize it so it looks good and it's small. I mean, these what you have is print people fighting web people. They've always done it. And the print people get so snobby, like, we can do it better. than the print people are now relearning what was learned in 96 with the web. Personally, I wouldn't be buying magazines myself if I owned an iPad, just simply because, well, if I wanted a magazine, if I'm going to pay the money for a magazine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you try it out if it's free and say, okay, what is it? And you're like, wow, mm-hmm. this is 500 mag? Okay. It's, it's, not even the, it's not even the size that bugs me because I've got long pieces. My uninterrupted version of Dark Side of the Moon is, you know, Close to 500 megs. At least that's content worth uh, (laughs) consuming. uh, If I'm going to buy a magazine for 10 bucks, which is, I think, what they were going right around there. Yeah, they vary, but yeah. Yeah. Or just full newsstand price. I'm going to buy, yeah, if if I'm going to, okay, if I'm going to buy something at full newsstand price, well, darn it, I'm going to hold on to the the actual paper copy, Mm -hmm. which I will then be able to access anytime I want, even while my iPad is charging or doing something else. Hmm. It's a little less convenient, but uh, so far I haven't seen a magazine version of an app that's more convenient than the actual magazine. Eh. The actual magazine is more convenient. Oh, yeah. Part. Yeah. Oh, most most assuredly. The actual so magazine. Once they figure out something, how to fix that or mm-hmm. make it fast, because they're, they're all complaining, well, how come there isn't a magazine store? Like a bookstore, it's like, well, are you going to make your content optimized? Because all those books download really, really fast. Yeah, well, books are pretty much all text with little yeah. tiny pictures maybe at the, hey, at the top the of the chapter. Hey, Winnie the Pooh came free. His imagery looks fine in there. You know what? I never actually read the Winnie the Pooh that came with this. And, uh... I read parts, but I didn't read the whole thing. But it's not for my age target. Well, I don't know. So, moving on, uh, I don't think there's anything really much more Apple-related that's all that interesting this time around, but we do have some interesting uh, non-Apple tech stuff. That well, there could be. There could be some interesting Apple stuff around the corner. You've heard that uh, the Apple Store has uh, banned uh, vacation uh, coming up. Uh, mm-hmm. Is it later this month, early next? Yep. It's either going to be Verizon, uh, the Verizon-based iPhone, so that would be busy, or it could also be a pro- multiple product launches in the MacBook, uh, MacBook Pro lineup. Ah, but that's not this. That that's coming up. That's it's not coming new up. Yet. It's rumor mills, rumor mills, because Intel released their Sandy Bridge processors, which I talked about briefly about why I bought my MacBook Pro now instead of waiting for Sandy Bridge to destroy the chipset for uh, graphics in the lower end models. But we'll see what happens performance wise for that, or if there's an upgrade, and or we'll just have egg in our face again in January. But well, if we're going to talk about rumors, there's also that rumor that. Uh Apple is talking with uh, AMD because they obviously own ATI and their integrated chipsets, mm-hmm. and we're talking uh, talking with them possibly replacing uh, Intel on some models. I mean, let's face it. I mean, Apple on processors. I mean, they're already on two different ones, and we know they built the Intel Mac OS X 
for a few years before they even announced that, so who knows? They might already have a version that runs on... Grant, moving over to the AMD chip's not hard. You're already on a similar architecture. Right. So it's just kind of plugging it in, so whether they want to use it or not. But anyway, I've derailed you from uh, your, your introduction. So. Not, <laughs> yeah, well, not Apple I'm not stuff. Apple tech. Yeah, just, <laughs> just can't stay away from Apple on that one. Yeah. Well, you know, let's go as far away from Apple as absolutely possible. Internet Explorer 9. <laughs> yep. Uh, Still in beta. Yeah, the beta uh, apparently blocks malware pretty well, but older versions are still vulnerable. And hey. Microsoft actually admitted that. You know, there's a big surprise, you know. Not, yeah, not or, that they all the admitted versions it. are garbage, but you can use our beta. Oh, wait, no, you can't. Yeah, you can. Yeah. No. Um, apparently, uh, a, a lab has tested live malware threats of various browsers and found that I, the IE9 beta uh, caught what it called an exceptional 99% of live threats. Uh, in comparison, Firefox uh, captured, what, uh, 19%. Safari 5 found 11%. Uh, Google Chrome captured about six. Three. Oh, yeah, captured about three. And Opera didn't find any. Uh, of course, the, it's the too main... too busy singing. Yeah. My main question is, uh, really, what's a live threat anyway? Is this... Uh, Something that makes the article easy to write? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I saw something about... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh Social engineered sites, you know, phishing and stuff like that, mm -hmm. which, you know, I guess to me it just falls into the category of don't believe anything on the Internet. If it's too good to be true, it probably is. Use common sense. Don't click here on the email. Nobody's yeah. giving away an iPad. <laughs> well, I mean, some of the basic rules apply. Like if, if you want to get a little paranoid, I, I actually follow this rule, even though... I might get emails from my bank. I never click the links in those. I always type in the URL myself. Oh, most assuredly. That yeah. that just kind of it, that just goes with smart usage mm -hmm. rather than trusting. Yeah. And it's it's an unfortunate commentary on society that we have to say, you know, don't trust anybody, but the internet's a big open door. Yeah, the internet's a big open door. We got a lot of scammers out there, There's people saying, "Hey, uh, you know, I've got you know, some Florida swampland for you, and if you're silly enough to, or if you're naive enough, that's the word it's actually I'm looking for. If you're naive enough to believe that, then you're gonna get nailed. So, but as good as uh, IE nine seems, the beta seems to be uh, IE six, seven, and eight. Can big surprise have a vulnerability to have someone take remote control of your computer? Too bad they didn't announce that when they released IE eight. Just what this year. Mm. Nice. I probably just found it or something like that. It's the Microsoft way. Yeah. Apparently the attack is hidden as malicious code in a web page. So once again, don't click those links you don't know. Tread lightly. Yeah. Learn how to go to a web page by typing the, in the address at the top of the computer, not by clicking links. So this vulnerability apparently involves the way a compute, computer memory is managed when a browser is processing CSS which is basically a web page layout for those of you who don't know. Something that you've got to worry about as much on your Mac? Probably not, but that may come in the future. So, again, practice your safe web browsing. Uh, yeah, you typically have your normal PC geeks who are like, well, the Mac doesn't have any viruses because it's not a big target. And it's like, well, it's such a high vulnerable target because everybody says it's more secure, so would you rather be the first one to actually break into one legitimately, not these stupid 
contest really oh here's the mac right in front of you try to break into it it's like well, okay mm-hmm. you know, actually breaking through an internet portal on the back or whatever over the internet let's try that out and see what happens i mean the, the truth be told i mean it's just a more secure operating environment it's not perfect i mean everybody thinks they're perfect but as far as being open to all that type of stuff that's on the pc side not, just not as much mm-hmm. but if you are stuck on the pc side i'd, I'd Probably my main question would be, why are you using Internet Explorer other than it's the default browser? There's plenty of alternatives. you got Firefox, Chrome, Safari. Um, I'm sure there's 5 billion other ones, although half of them are based off of IE, which means they're going to have the same limitations and vulnerabilities. Uh, but there's a lot of uh, decent alternatives out there. Yeah, you got to figure there's a lot of normal users out there, people who aren't into it as much and. uh Mm-hmm. You do a man on the street thing, go, what's a web browser? People kind of go, huh? You mean yeah. website? No, I mean web browser. They don't recognize the difference. All they want to do is they get their computer and they click internet thing and mm-hmm. something pops open and they see it. That's a case, another case of you need to be educated. Mm-hmm. You know, learn, you know, If you know what you're opening, you're less likely to get fall victim. You got to remember, computers are still scary for a lot of people. So, I mean, like when people buy upgrades from OWC for memory or whatever, I mean, our DIY videos go a long way to making what would otherwise seem like a scary process. Actually, if you watch the videos, it's like, oh, this isn't that bad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, if there's a hard one to do, we either don't do a video on it or we just say, hey, you should do a professional install on this. We'll mm-hmm. show you, but you probably want a professional install for this. Well, what do you think about browsers? What do you use? Uh, give us a shout at podcast at maxcells.com and... Uh, what are your opinions on that? And we'll, uh, we'll talk about your opinions in the next show. So in other news, Italy rules YouTube and other video sites are like TV stations and are liable for content. Yeah, I guess they just recently uh, passed uh, some new laws that say any site that exercises even the smallest amount of editorial control over its content is considered an audiovisual service. Which, which means they, which it's means a tax they, grab. Yeah, it's a tax grab. Uh, they have to take down videos within 48 hours in case of slander stories. Uh, you know, no. Basically, you know what half half of YouTube is, is, you know, making fun of somebody um, or talking about them. Uh, there's also something about somehow refrain from re- broadcasting videos unsuitable for children during certain times of the day. Now, how are you going to do that? It's 5 o'clock somewhere. <laughs> well, this is just a government that doesn't understand what the heck they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um Last time I checked, Italy is one of the smaller uh, countries in the world, right? So, I mean, these all YouTube is going to do, all it's end up doing is going, you know what? We just won't serve your market. Yeah, what, what's, what's really they won't interesting. collect taxes at all. They'll, just, they'll shut out the service. What I find interesting is that these, seem to, these laws are actually in opposition to EU rules that uh, protect Internet service providers, mm-hmm. which, you know, like YouTube, saying, hey, you know, <laughs> we can't control everything that's going on. You. It, it's it's that once once again blame everybody but yourself sort of thing. Well, that's a tax grab. They just want the taxes. I mean, Italy's having trouble financially. There's a lot of economic hardship going on in the European Union and around the world for that matter. But it, it's just initially a tax grab for them. They want they want some control over it. It's like, well, sorry, it's not your website. Oh. You're viewing an international website, mm-hmm. and we don't have to serve you. Yeah. At least we don't have to worry about that coming over here. We're kind of protected by the Communications Decency Decency Act, believe it or not. Uh, well, you're protected uh, as long until a government official deems that they want to try to do that. Yeah, that's true. 
But then that's why we have laws and challenges and the Supreme Court and all that stuff going on. Yeah. So we have a little bit more, a little bit more guarded as far as freedoms go. So yeah, not likely to cross over to the U.S., but it still sets a precedent out there for the international community to go, hey, maybe we can do this. And it's like, eh, maybe you shouldn't because you're just, it's anti-competitive. You know, you just, you'll have that site get knocked down and you have a million other sites go up that'll ha- have similar content. It's just the way the internet, you know, you kill one, like those little gopher uh, games where one goes up and you got to bat it down and they just keep on coming up. Well, I think it's about time to wrap up the podcast, but before we do, uh, it's time for Tweet of the Week. Tweet of the Week. And this week's Tweet of the Week comes from Chad McClarnon, who said, At Max Sales, I think I might love you guys. Like, seriously. Incredible attention to your customer base. Kudos. I believe that was in uh, reference, actually, to our new SSD line uh, and... Uh, well, if we're signing off here, before we do, we also got to do all those obligatory plugs and stuff like that. Uh, first one, uh, and actually isn't, would probably be one we'd be plugging anyway, is uh, OWC Larry's newsletters. Uh, he's got his tips and deals newsletter, plus a hot deals blast. And you can yeah. sign up for both of those. Yeah, the hot deals blast comes out weekly, and you, you can actually save some money and find some good deals that week uh, on a weekly basis. What's the address for that, Mike? Uh, if you go to uh, www.maxsales.com, right at the top of the page, you ah. can sign up yeah, for, the, for the newsletter. There you go. The other thing is, uh, the other uh, one that we like to plug is uh, the OWC blog. Uh, you can hear uh, rantings and ravings from uh, all three of us here, uh, as well as uh, information on price drops and new products and all Fun stuff like that. Uh, yeah, Mac World coming up, so we're all excited about that. And we'll, yeah, uh, we'll see you there. Well, somebody will see you there, not necessarily us. Well, if we've got nothing else, I think it's about time to say uh, we'll see you next time for our post CES pre Mac World mid trade show extravaganza. Woo-hoo! See you next time, guys. You've been listening to OWC Radio, the official podcast of Otherworld Computing. Have a question about something discussed or looking for the links to the articles referenced in this episode? Please stop by the Otherworld Computing blog at blog.maxsales.com for links or to leave a public comment. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at podcast at maxsales.com and we'd be happy to share your comments and contributions on an upcoming episode. Been listening for a while and like what you hear? Let us know by taking a moment to rate or leave a comment on the OWC radio channel on iTunes. Get up-to-the-minute information on the happenings and goings-on at OWC by following us on either of our Twitter feeds, at MaxSales or at OWC Radio. Or become a fan on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash OWC MaxSales. Thanks again for listening, and we look forward to hearing from you.